Welcome to Women Over 70 Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Blue Lake. Blue Lake is empowering people to take control of their cognitive health by providing them with fun, easy ways to incorporate brain-boosting nutrients into their daily routine. Blue Lake was born out of the belief that nutrition is the best medicine. Led by a team of world-class neuroscientists, their products are rooted in trust, transparency, and quality. Cognitive decline with age is not inevitable, and Blue Lake makes it easy to take action. Shop now at bluelakeminds.com and use promo code WOMEN10 for 10% off your purchase. Hi, I'm Gail. And hi, I'm Catherine. Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, our weekly podcast. Our signature is sharing stories of vital women between the ages of 70 to 100 plus who shatter the myth that we become irrelevant as we age. Be sure to visit womenover70.com and make a donation, join Aging Reimagined Circle, and visit the Books by Women section. Invite us to conduct a workshop or speak to your organization. We share relevant clips from podcast guests and offer numerous programs to enrich women's lives. So today we welcome Cindy Elstein. Hello, Cindy. Hi, Gail. Hi, Catherine. (laughs) Cindy is 73 and she lives in Chicago. We met through a mutual colleague. Cindy's passion has always been to help people and to connect them. Her outgoing personality, along with a background in psychology, human resources, and insurance, naturally leads to widening her network. People by CFE, Cindy's Business, offers her plenty of opportunity to become a trusted advisor, and she serves as both HR practitioner and consultant. Working on her own now is an adjustment experiencing breast cancer eight years ago, and an illness during the pandemic resulted in two different medical journeys. She always focuses, however, on being positive and staying strong every day. So Cindy, again, welcome to Women Over 70. You know, you, <laughs> you're, an, you're an Italian Sicilian woman, and <laughs> you started your education in Catholic school, correct? That is correct. Yeah. A suburb of Chicago called Niles. Uh-huh. Yeah, right, right. And so how do you think those early years influenced who you are today? Did they? Well, I, I truly believe that they did. Catholic, Catholic schooling, which I went to for eight years, um, gave me the, let's say the I was very shy in grammar school, but it also gave me... Um, the ability to be more um, out, not outspoken, but to be more friendly and open because I was really shy. And it gave me the spiritual guidance that I, that I needed to carry myself through my entire life. And everyone, I believe, needs to have some kind of hope. And I can see people getting that through their religion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I'm curious as to how you found your way to human resources as as a um, uh, career selection. And, and, you know, you started your own business. Uh, So tell us a little bit about your early work and all of that. 
Okay. Well, to be honest with you, it wasn't like I just wanted to go in you, into human resources. I mean, I majored in psychology and I worked for an insurance broker or insurance company while I was going to school at night and taking um, my education. But to be honest with you, I love people. And after working for Universal Underwriters for three years while I was going to school, um, I decided that insurance was an area that I really liked. So um, I started out working at Sedgwick, which was called Fred S. James at the time, but the company was acquired by Sedgwick. Mm -hmm. We did not have an HR department there at that time. So actually, what I did is I started out in personnel and then worked with the marketing and vice president and um, office administrator and developed the human resource department from its infancy stages all the way up to a director of human resources for the Midwest. Mm. Mm -hmm. So and, and how long did you stay there? I was there for 27 years. It was oh. a wonderful um, career because I worked, again, I was in corporate. And at that time in the insurance industry, it was very hard for women to get promoted. So I was promoted to assistant vice president when I was 28 years old. And I actually loved my job. And then this company was acquiring companies all over the United States. Because when I started working there, they probably had 11 offices. Mm. And then grew to like 50 states. Mm -hmm. And and so you kept growing with them all through all those years? Yes. Yes. Which was pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you did HR for all of their uh, branch offices? No, not all of them. I was the Midwest Human Resource Director. So I worked with the Chicago office, um, Detroit office. Minneapolis office and Kansas City. So I did some traveling too. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, a national committee, the human resource committee for the whole corporation, because there were like probably 19,000 employees at that time. So you it really, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm just curious about you said that when you first started, there were very few women in insurance. And I'm wondering what you've seen over the over these decades then in terms of opportunities for women? Well, to be honest with you, it's, it's a tremendous change because as I said, there were women in the insurance business, but they were never in officership positions. It was very rare. So like the CFO was a woman for many years, but it suddenly changed. And then women really, you know, got to understand the insurance industry and worked as account executives and um, handled large accounts. So I've seen a big change over the years. Mm -hmm. And after those 27 years, what did you do? Well, the company was acquired by Marsh McLennan. I'm sure you've heard of that. That is one of the largest insurance brokers. Right. And that was back in 2000 or the end of 1999. And they asked me to stay on in a different uh, division. And then I decided, you know what? This company is way too big for me. They had 50,000 employees at that time. So mm -hmm. that's when my husband influenced me to go into my own business back in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> 2000. Oh, 20, years, 20 years ago. 
<laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's a long time, isn't it? <laughs> well, since then, then I went into my own business and I had three insurance brokerage um, accounts on a retainer basis and I did very well. Mm-hmm. And I did that for actually probably, I had one account for like seven years, but then Alper Services was my client as well. And the owner of the company asked me if I would come on full time. So I was still doing my own business for about four years. And then I went full time with Alper Services because I did all their HR consulting. Ah, okay. So then you were out of, you were no longer your own business owner at that point. Right. For 16 years, I worked for Alper Services up until August of 2020. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, wow. so then I started my own business again. <laughs> End of 2020. So people by CFE, that's rather new then, really. Yes, it is. And mm-hmm. and starting during the pandemic, that must have been a challenge. Um, to be honest with you, it was a very big challenge. Um, I think for the first four or five months, because it was towards the end of the year when I really completed my website, which takes time to do. I wrote my business plan and that all took like a couple months to get all that done, two or three months. And then the holidays came approaching and there really wasn't a lot of business at that time, but I did get a client before the holidays and then it kind of um, died down for a couple months and picked up again last year. But it, it takes a while. It's The first time I started my business, it took me at least 13 months to make any money, Mm. to be very patient and know that it's not going to happen right away. Right, right. And do you have a specialty now or a particular kind of uh, insurance that you're providing? Well, right now I do human resource consulting and I have my license in property and casualty life and health. So I would say because of the HR consulting that I do with clients, um, where I write employee handbooks, make sure they're in compliance with state and federal and local laws, and write policies like for onboarding and all different um, personnel files, audits, do a lot of different kinds of things. But I also work with the companies when they need benefit insurance. I don't actually sell that to them, but I could be an advisor to them. Mm-hmm understand the benefit industry. So you, you work through someone else to sell, to actually sell the insurance? Yes. Actually, I have um, a couple insurance brokers that I have relationships with. Uh-huh. So refer business to them and work with them to get their, you know, their group health insurance, you know, whether they go into HMOs, PPOs, or self-funded and also there's so many other ancillary benefits, which are life insurance, long-term disability, short-term disability, um, dental insurance. So it's, it's a pretty, it's a very fascinating industry. Of course, I'm sure you know from your own businesses and how we have medical insurance. Right, right, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Do you have a sense of how long you plan to continue this, your business? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not ready to stop. I would say mm-hmm. a couple years, uh, at least doing what I'm doing, and then maybe doing something else, more volunteer type work. Mm-hmm. I'm not the kind of person that could just sit around. I 
I get bored very easily and I have to always be accomplishing something or helping people. Yeah, you do have an ex- you you have an extreme passion, I believe, for people, and you know it's it, it's extreme in the in the way that you really go about trying to help others. And when you meet someone, it's important to you to be able to make a difference. So how how does that actually show up in your life, and how did you get to be that way? <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting. My whole life, even when I was at Sedgwick, I've always tried to help people. And I mentored um, women through a company called Mentium 100 that was outside of our organization. Let's say I really went out of my way for other women. I wanted to see them grow in their careers. So I did that formalized program that was all volunteer work. And I mentored like five different women. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's a woman that I mentored many years ago who, who just connected with me again through LinkedIn. She's an attorney and we're going to get together soon, but I helped her tremendously. Then there's another woman who I have on my website. Her name is Jessica. And she is, she was promoted like three times during the whole year that I mentored her. Mm -hmm. Still friends as well. So that gives me so much great satisfaction. And I'm just a giving person and I love to help people by making introductions or sharing friends. I think that's another key point. I share many of my friends and it makes me feel so good when other friends become friends. Right, right. Yeah. In what ways do you do that, Sidi? How do you share your friends? Um, For example, I actually have a very close woman friend. Her name is Lily Lou. And I just introduced her to Gail. We've been friends for about 17 years and she started her own business many years ago in the talent industry. And she is very sharp. And a lot of my friends still work and I really respect her. And um, I introduced her to Gail, but I've also introduced her to many of my other friends. So my friends cultivate each other and they're all friends. So it's, as they always tell me, I'm like the goodwill ambassador. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they say that connections are crucial for, for uh, you know, good health for for people as they are aging. For mm-hmm. you know, maintaining connections is just crucial. And yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I, I was just going to tell you a story about um, how I I live in a condominium building, but um, there's a woman that lives like kind of like above my floor. And I've seen her through the window, but, you know, from my patio, but I don't know, really know her. And one day I was up in the laundry room and I saw her and I go, do you live on four? And she said, yes. (laughs) And we started talking in the laundry room. We just really connected and she's a business owner and really sharp woman. And so I said, we have to get together. So I invited her over for cocktails and we became She's been over a couple times now. My husband likes her and we've become good friends, but I'm doing that all the time. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a terrific thing. I, I think it's just, a, and it's a talent. You have a talent for that. It, mm-hmm. it comes easy to you. <laughs> well, and another example would be, um, and I have friends that are all different ages. Like I have a lot of young friends as well. There's a woman that I met, I connected with who works for a payroll company. She's probably 33. 
and her name's Carolina. And I just think she's adorable and she's in sales. And I met her and we really connected and we go out with our husbands together. And it's just really rewarding because I'm trying to help her. And I actually referred, this was really something because I was talking to my client the other day and she started talking about how unhappy she was with her payroll service. And I go, well, you need to talk to somebody else. So I referred her to Carolina who works for Paylocity. Mm-hmm. Probably will soon be another client of hers. So that's an example of how I help people. <laughs> that's terrific. Well, that's a positive note. And you did mention, as we said in the introduction, that you had had breast cancer and, and an illness during the pandemic. So how have those affected you? Well, I went through breast cancer eight years ago and know how difficult difficult it is to get through that medical journey. Mm-hmm. Full support from my husband and my family. And I didn't really need any outside sources at that time. However, I met Johnny Immerman. Mm-hmm. It's Angels. I don't know if you guys know about him. And I do, yes. Yeah, he is absolutely wonderful. He's probably maybe in his mid to late 30s by now. Mm-hmm. But I came into my office when I found out I had cancer. Somebody connected me to him. And we sat at my table in my office talking about it because I, I was just so upset. I didn't know what to anticipate. I knew I had to go through chemo. I had to have surgery. I had to go through radiation. And it was going to be a nine-month journey. So he really inspired me. And then he said, Cindy, why don't you become an Immerman angel? And I said, I will. So after I got through all my treatments, which again took nine months, but I worked during that whole time, mm-hmm. they actually match you up with a, a, a woman who has similar or like cancer, breast cancer, mm-hmm. close to your own age too. Mm-hmm. And I've heard seven women already in the past seven years. And it's so rewarding to me because... I feel like I'm helping other people get through these difficult times because I know how hard it is when you're going through chemo and radiation. You just, you can't stop. I can't stop doing this because I, I believe that I had cancer so that I could help other people. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm a cancer survivor also. And so a breast cancer survivor and another cancer survivor, a different kind. So, Mm -hmm. I really know what that, how important it is to be available to others who are first going to experience that journey. It's, it's really important that we do that. So good for you. And the people that I've mentored, like they're not, not always in Chicago. Um, it's, it's a program. I, his company is just so fascinating but they actually have a database of all these people that have cancer and they interview you before you mentor somebody else. So it's not just anybody. And they actually put you together with somebody, again, like I said, similar or like. And the last woman that I mentored this year, well, last year and this year, she actually lives in Chicago. She lives in Highland Park. And I've developed a wonderful relationship with her. And we're, we're definitely going to meet each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, oh, I should tell you a story about another woman who I who had cancer, who I mentored. And I actually met her, met her for lunch about three years ago. 
And she was working for Crate and Barrel, but wanted to get back into the nonprofit industry. And I said, okay, Sue, I'll help you. You need to get a job. And she goes, well, do you think I should talk about my cancer? And I go, no, you shouldn't even mention that to you when you're interviewing. It's not something they need to know. Right. So anyway, I mentioned it to my stepson, who's in the insurance industry as well. And he's a connector like his father and me. And I sent her resume to Greg and because his, his base of um, clients are, he has a lot of nonprofits. Mm. So sent her resume out. She got an interview and she ended up getting a new job. Oh. I can't even tell you how much that meant to me. Right. I love it. I really love it. That's terrific. And, and uh, so I, I know you had another illness during the pandemic. How, how has the pandemic and all affected you getting this new business going? Well, I did have a setback. To be honest with you, last year um, in May, right before Memorial Weekend, um, I had some pains in my back and I was wondering what it was and, you know, just didn't know. And um, I had dinner with my family one night and I passed out, but it was only for about 10 seconds. And mm-hmm. then it happened to me another time. So then finally I went to the doctor and he goes, Cindy, you know, I'm concerned about you passing out this way. And it's never happened to me before. And then I had, I was on a Zoom call. I had a meeting one day and my back had so much pain in the back left right hand side. And that was it. Then my husband took me to the emergency room and I found out I had a blood clot in my right lung. I had pneumonia. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I had AFib all at one time. Oh my goodness. No wonder you were in distress. Yes. So I ended up going to the hospital. I was there for three weeks. Mm. Get out until June 15th. And I'm going to tell you something. That was probably worse than having the breast cancer. In what way? Because it was it was during the pandemic and my husband was able to come up and see me, but he couldn't stay. And I really couldn't have, I could have visitors from one point on, but it was very, um, I don't know. I tried to stay focused. It was in the summertime. I'm like, I can't believe I'm in the hospital. And I didn't work, of course, during that period of time. So it was just really difficult, but I got through it because I'm very focused and I was strong and I'm like, I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to get through it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Of course. (laughs) And And I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now you are concentrating, I'm sure on, on, on building this business. I think it's so important for people to know that your mental attitude, you know, wellness, we're all about wellness, Mm -hmm. critical in the healing process. And it, you know, I think the doctors even realized it because they always told me that I had, I had a team of doctors because I had so many different problems at the time and they all collaborated with the pulmonary doctors and the cardiologist and Mm -hmm said, Cindy, you're amazing because you have this great attitude. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now you said you're not really thinking about retiring or anything. Do you ever really think about aging? I do think about aging. I mean, it, it's hard not to, and especially 
I never thought about it as much as I as much as I have recently because a few of my friends have gotten sick. Mm. Um, they were just hospitalized recently. So I think you think about it, but I don't think of myself as being old. I still feel very young. I really do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. And, and uh, you know, what would you say to young women coming up and who are, you know, first getting into business and all? I mean, you've learned so much over the years. What, what would you say to them? I, you know, and I have coached many women. The first thing I would say is, you know, it's, it's hard to figure out what you really want. But once you do, you must find um, a passion that you really love. For example, human resources came very naturally for me because of the psychology and also the fact that I love people mm-hmm. and I want them. So you have to have that passion. You have to do what you really love. And to me, it's, it's a love that I have. And also, when I was working at Cedric, I found a mentor. There was a, a man that was the CFO of the corporation, and he and I really got to know each other really well. We kind of grew up in the corporation together. We started, you know, from, let's say, bottom all the way up. And he really was a wonderful mentor to me. He was the um, CFO, CFO of the whole corporation. So we were friends and we still are friends. But he's since retired. So I think you have to find a mentor. It doesn't necessarily have to be a man. It could be a woman. That you could really talk to about business and that's when I mentored um, women. I always told them that you have to know how to get you. You have to get around the corporation. You have to deal with politics. Um, you've got to be very discreet. You've got to be very diplomatic. So there's so many different skills that you need to use when you work for a company. And also just, um, you know, maintaining your own credit have your own checking accounts, even if you're married, it's that you must have. One thing that stands out as you've been talking, Cindy, is how easily you seem to interweave the professional with the personal. That's that's a very good comment. (laughs) And some people are wary of that, but you seem to handle it beautifully. Thank you. And maybe it's because I've been married to Maury, as Gail knows. Um, my husband is a connector. So between the both of us, we love to have people over in exactly what we're talking about. We do develop relationships and, you know, sometimes become very, very good friends. Like tomorrow night, we're taking his client is taking us out to dinner. Mm. Excited about that. But that happens. And we have dinner parties at our house. Um, we've had um, cocktail parties. We've been married 41 years and mm. we entertain all the time. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, and that was a, a great observation, Catherine, the interweaving of the professional and personal, because so many people are fearful of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good to hear you say, Cindy, that this, this can work. And yeah. I, I don't think I've, I've I don't think I've ever had a bad experience business wise, but Catherine, I'm really impressed that you picked up on that. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm impressed that you do it. <laughs> no, it's a lot of work. It's not, you know, my husband does all the cooking. 
and I do all the, um, I love to set my table beautifully. I'm really into the house and presentation is key. And we both love people. So I think that makes a big difference too, because I have a partner who loves doing it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been enlightening and very helpful, I know, for our listeners. So thank you for being with us today, Sydney. Cindy. You're welcome. And I'm I'm delighted that I could share my life with you and um excited that maybe I can influence other women to do the same thing. Or if they ever want to meet me, they can do so. <laughs> Your phone will be ringing. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So listeners, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review wherever you listen. Also visit our website, womenover70.com and easily access all of our episodes. Become a member of the Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined Circle and enjoy programming beyond the podcast. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined. Thank you.